Throughout the Bible, we are taught that man has the ability to choose their own outcome because that too was ordained by God. We at the very least have the choice on how to react to everything that is immovable so that we can determine our future, where we will spend eternity. There is no such thing as a predetermined path for mankind as far as where we will spend eternity. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about where our heart is will determine our actions. If we examine the Word of God and take it as a whole, as it should be taken, we should realize that there is nothing predetermined for our lives. It is quite clear through the scriptures that we are genuinely free to either choose for God or for the devil and sin. There are things that are set and immovable, ordained by God since the beginning. But within that, we all are free to choose. We all have free will. So what determines our outcome depends on where we allow for our hearts to be at. Today's message is inspired on John chapter 18, verses 1 to 12. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may you be praised and exalted forever and ever, O Lord. Blessed are you, O God, for who you are and for what you have done. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Your kingdom come, Lord God. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessed are you, O Lord God, for the love that you have shown us through your Son. Thank you, O Lord, for your word, for your Holy Spirit, all the things that you give us, O Lord, only by your grace. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you please forgive my sins, that you please, O Lord, always remember us in your mercy and in your grace, because we know that we are nothing before you and that we are not worthy of anything, Lord God, but it is all through your love and through your greatness. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us, O Lord, to understand your word, Help us, O oh Lord God, to endeavor to do what you want us to do, Lord God. Help us, O oh Lord, that we may allow our hearts to be changed through your Holy Spirit, that our lives may be washed through the blood of the Lamb. I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's key passage reading is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 1 to 12. This is the word of the Lord. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I've told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the same might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant 
and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. There are things that are set that will happen no matter what. God has ordered certain things or put into motion certain events that are immovable and no one outside of him has the power to change them. And those things are revealed by God through prophecy, future events that have been revealed by the Holy Spirit to those prophets who then wrote them in the word of God. If we look all around us, we should realize that these things are so, because there are so many things, both visible and invisible, that we have absolutely no power over. There are so many things in the universe that are way beyond our power and our influence that all we can do is just observe and watch idly by and see them just happen. But yet within all of that, within all of the things that are unchangeable and inalterable, God has given us the free will to act within those things that are set. Throughout the Bible, we are taught that man has the ability to choose their own outcome because that too was ordained by God. We at the very least have the choice on how to react to everything that is immovable so that we can determine our future, where we will spend eternity. There is no such thing as a predetermined path for mankind as far as where we will spend eternity. Otherwise, there should be no room for judgment. How can God judge someone if all they can do is just go through the motions of what is already established for their life? Quite frankly, there just shouldn't be any need for judgment. If a person was predetermined to go to hell, then just don't judge them and just send them. But that is not what the Bible tells us. God reveals to us through his word, through prophecy, that there will be an unavoidable judgment where all people will give an account for everything they have done. For it is written in the book of Revelation, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And it was also written for us as believers in Christ to consider this. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So you see, each person, both the unbeliever and believer, will have to stand before the Lord to give an account for all of their actions, without exception. This is one of those events that is immovable, unchangeable, just as it is also written in the book of Hebrews, where it says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Now, another one of those immovable things that were set to happen was the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was supposed to die, but we must bear this in mind also, that as God, he did not have any obligation. As the God he is, he could have not gone through with it, but he chose to do it because that too is immovable, not because it cannot be altered, but because of the incredible unity that there is within the Holy Trinity of God. There are three beings, 
but the three are one, and they are perfect in their unity, in their accord of a single thought and mind. The Bible tells us this in 1 John chapter 5, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. The Lord Jesus Christ would never go against what God the Father had ordained to happen before the foundation of the world. The death of our Lord was set before our existence. But again, within that, which was truly predestined, whoever would be involved from a human standpoint was their choice, based on their own heart. All of the people that existed around the life of Jesus Christ did have the choice, the power to determine their own outcome with relation to that event. In other words, there was one that was foretold that would sell the Messiah for 30 pieces of silver, but there was no name. The prophecy didn't say Judas Iscariot. Someone had to do it, but it was not predetermined for Judas to be it. Matthew chapter 18 explains this to us. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, Cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. So you see, there are things that are supposed to happen, but the intent of our heart will determine how we take part in them. Judas did what he did because he chose to love money over God. Even though he was selected to be a disciple, one of the 12, and he took part in everything in the ministry, and even saw all of the signs and wonders that Jesus did perform. He allowed for his heart to still be polluted with the love of money. The Apostle John gives us a view to this issue that Judas had. In John chapter 12, it says, Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. So Judas always had this issue with money, with this love for money. And the love for money is a big problem in any person's life. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. This is where Judas's heart was, and it was focused on this love for money out of his own free will. He chose to stay in that place. He chose to remain unconvinced on who Jesus was. He chose to do the devil's bidding and become the son of perdition. He chose to remain concerned only on the here and now and on material goods. Now, those people that arrested Jesus were more focused on the world than God also. They were determined on their focus on the world. 
instead of reconsidering when experiencing Jesus' power personally and physically by falling to the ground when he had just uttered his name, that I am, they just kept on being determined with taking part in the arrest. Their unbelief was such that they probably just shrugged the event like a freak occurrence or something like that, like many people do today with things that God does. And so were the Pharisees and so was Pontius Pilate because Pontius preferred to be considered more the friend of Caesar and a friend of God. In James chapter four, verse four, it tells us this, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. What is in our heart or what we choose to keep in our heart will determine what we will do. That is the bottom line. That is what free will is all about. In Matthew chapter 15, it tells us about what happens with those that are evil in our heart, where it says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So it is very clear that if we do not let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts, our heart will remain polluted and it will defile everything we do. That is why repentance and conversion is necessary so we can turn away from those things that can destroy us. Our hearts need to be changed and transformed and that can only happen when we surrender to the Lord completely and fully without any reservations. We always need to remember that we will be judged based on what is in our heart, what our intentions are. In Jeremiah chapter 17, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, does God want to condemn man? Has he predetermined our destruction? No. Every single person is free to choose for him and to allow the Holy Spirit of God to deal with their heart. The word is very clear in the desire that is in God's heart for all of mankind. For it says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And of course, John chapter three tells us this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the scriptures are very clear in that there is generally no one predetermined or predestined for eternal perdition. God wants for everyone to be saved. God's desire is not to condemn, but rather so that all people can turn away from their sins and live forever. But because he has subjected everything to free will, that decision must be made by everyone. He's not going to force anyone to be with him, just like people cannot be forced to do evil. So the good news in all of this is that you don't have to be on the side of evil. You don't have to be one of those that fulfills prophecy for your own self-destruction and eternal separation from God. 
In Acts chapter 3, it says, But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. This is another reality that is unchangeable, something that is completely set and that there is no one that can change this and that is that the end of the world is coming and that there will be such evil in this world like never before. The Bible tells us that things will become corrupt and decadent like in the days of Noah before the flood came. But again, you don't have to be a part of this evil. Your path is not set. Christ broke our destination to hell. You are free to choose. This is what God himself says, as it is written in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. So it is very clear that we have a choice. Despite the sin that is part of our flesh, we are free to choose to decide for the Lord and to turn away from evil if that is what we desire to do down deep inside of us. When we repent from all of our sins and turn with all of our hearts to the Lord and make Jesus the effective and literal Lord of our lives, we are truly set free from any and every possible hold sin could ever have on us. That's the kind of freedom we have. In John chapter 8, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If you commit your life to the Lord without any reservations and you follow him faithfully, looking to do the Father's will, you will be free from sin and its eternal consequences forever. That is how you get your heart right before the Lord, so you will not form part of the evil of this world, but rather become part of those that will fulfill the word of God for good and for immortality. Each of us have a decision to make, and that is whether to choose to surrender and follow the Lord Jesus Christ or to continue a certain path to eternal perdition if we want to keep ourselves held hostage by sin and this world. For those of you that are listening that have never made a decision for Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches that we are not born children of God. The Word of God says, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. Here is a truth that is hard to accept that without making a decision for Jesus Christ, a person belongs to the side of evil as children of wrath. A person belongs to this fallen world because of voluntary sin having been committed. That's the truth. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to be a part of that. And most of all, you don't have to be a part or partake 
in the evil that will come upon all those that desire to persist in their rebellion against God. Here is another irrefutable spiritual truth. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We deserve to be eternally separated from God and experience eternal death because of our sins. But here is the good news and the demonstration of God's goodness and mercy. God did something for you and for me that we did not deserve yet could change everything for us. God broke our destiny through Jesus Christ to give us a true hope, to change our hell-bound destination to an eternal one. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. But our hearts need to be changed, transformed, and made new. We need to become through Jesus Christ a new creation so that our heart can become worthy and begin producing those things that perpetuate life. For it is written, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So then, we must be in Christ and walk according to the Spirit by surrendering our hearts to the Lord and doing as He tells us. I challenge you today, make a decision for Jesus Christ. Set your life on Him. Leave sin behind and turn to the Lord with all of your heart. And I guarantee you, that if you learn to effectively love the Lord with everything you are, rather than receiving all the evil that is coming to those who hate God, you will be found through Jesus Christ to be a part of the eternal promises and reward that only God can give. Choose for the Lord with all of your heart and live forever. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessed be your name. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love, for your mercy. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, for your Son, Jesus Christ, because you changed our destiny. You broke our destiny, Lord God. Heavenly Father, you put within our grasp eternal life through Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, to take Him into our lives, to obey Him, Lord God, Help us, O Lord, to be able to surrender to you with all of our hearts. Help us, O Lord, to be transformed through your Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each person that is listening, especially those that have yet to make this decision. I pray, Lord God, that you make it perfectly clear to them that they need you. And that, Heavenly Father, that you are there waiting with arms wide open. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks for your love and for your mercy. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.